Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. On the show today, I have a really, really dear friend of mine who uh, I haven't seen in a very long time. And um, he is uh, one of my old concert buddies. We'd always go to uh, shows together. It's been a while since we've done that. Um, change. It does have to change. Um, and uh, we've, uh, we've just... Um, we, we love to just, uh, you know, talk about life and shoot the shit and uh, really just make sense of uh, the world um, with each other. So, Max McCoy, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Dude. How's it going? I'm <laughs> great, man. How are you? I'm doing wonderfully. Yeah, good. Um, Could be better. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Yeah, man. Uh, tell me uh, what you did today. All right, today. Uh, well, it's an interesting day. We had that storm last night, we so um, I work at a web development firm, as you know, in Brookfield, so the mm -hmm. internet is kind of a big part of my job. Yeah. And we had some widespread outages today, so yeah. coming to work, uh, no internet. I ended up going to my folks' place to get my, all my work done, set up at the kitchen and table. The folks. And, yeah. Ooh. Shout out the folks. They gotta be there for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It's, uh, sure. So, um, yeah, I spent most of my day there working, which is nice because my mom uh, made lunch for me. It was just like old times. <laughs> yeah, what, what was for lunch? Uh, burritos. Oh, man, I love, damn, I love a good burrito. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, seriously. Um, I've, been getting, uh, I've been getting more into cooking now, um, and, like, um, I've been, like, trying my hands at, like, tacos and burritos, and, like, I'm still working on getting the seasoning right. Yeah. Because uh, there's just a lot of different... It's just a lot at once, but it's coming along. It is coming along. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've, see, that's one thing that I've just never been able to like get a handle on is cooking. Um, I can sometimes make certain kinds of breakfast. I'm good with pancakes. I can flip burgers. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, right, right. But I, uh, yeah, it's like getting married, having a wife, and everything that likes to cook uh, really takes away all your motivation yeah. it's like you know it's like okay i'm reaching adulthood manhood it's time to learn to cook time yeah. to learn to be self-sufficient then you meet a girl yeah. yeah uh i didn't even get to um i'm like actually famously bad in the kitchen oh you yeah i couldn't even use the you know how do you like your eggs in the morning pick up oh, line because right, right, yeah. unless they said burnt i didn't <laughs> it wouldn't work out for me. <laughs> I don't even like i honestly like don't even like making eggs that much like i like I was seeing someone for a little while that was like, literally, she gave me so much shit that I n like never bought eggs. She was like, they're so cheap, they're easy to make, they're good for you. Like, why don't you buy eggs? I'm like, I don't like eggs that much. You and know? you would start resisting eggs out of spite. Right, like, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Unless I'm at, unless we were like at her place and she was making uh, breakfast or lunch, and I had no choice. But, um, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, eggs are overrated. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, man. Uh, so uh, let's uh, have a beer, shall Sounds we? Sounds good. Hams. Okay, so I just started drinking hams. Really? Yeah. Because proud of you. Cheers, by the way. Cheers. Yeah, it's like okay, we were um, we moved a couple months back, and um, we wanted to bring a few you know cases of beer for people, and we got. Uh, Spotted cow, and then my dad, who was helping us move, said, "Oh, you know, spotted cow gives me a headache. That's his thing. So it's like, okay, um, 
We got him a case of hams. Great. Yeah. Um, Only like 11 bucks re- usually yeah, like, for a 30 rack. It's, it's super cheap and there's no like stigma attached to it. You mm. know what I mean? It's not like a, it's not Milwaukee's like, best. <laughs> it's not like Milwaukee's best. Uh, it's not like, like PBR, which is actually legitimately pretty good for the price too. Yeah. But it's got that like that hipster association. Right, right, you know right. what I mean? There's a rumor that hams and PBR are the same thing. They're really? just marketed differently. I I could buy it. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess I've never tasted both of them like like one after the other. Yeah. But I mean, I nothing against PBR. Just hams is the cheapest. So I'm gonna start uh, analyzing this can. So bring back samples to the lab. Good. Yeah, do yeah. it. Run some tests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, actually, so um, I'm working on getting the the ham sponsorship. At some point, and um, uh, and um, I actually so I posted on Instagram like a picture of like me with like the hams yeah. like, in the last couple episodes, and today, so I I had tagged them in it. Today yeah. they commented on my post, and they were like, "We commend you in your choice of beer." <laughs> Stop tagging us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I think we. I mean, I think this might be the episode that really puts them over. I mean, we're really selling this. We're working hard to sell it. Because you just posed with me, I think that's. I think that, that's, that's going to be the game changer. Hams. There's nothing negative associated with it yet. Although right. now I've posed with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now there is. Right. Well. Yeah. Um, honestly, though, I I well I I did actually t- message back. I was like. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get a, a sponsor from you guys, and they haven't responded yet. Huh. But hey, we're working towards it day by day. They're like, uh, you're doing it for free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had this in our fridge then for like weeks after moving, and I, I don't mean that we like it languished in our fridge. I mean like we had a thirty pack and like yeah. barely anyone drank it, and then I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm gonna polish these off. And good. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. what it is. It yeah. is, and I prefer it to. Um, I mean, I like I like a Miller Light. A yeah. lot. Um, I like. Um, I I never like uh, minded Rolling Rock that much, but for one, I I I, I can't stand Budweiser or Bud Light. Yeah, uh, I I was never a fan. Um, so I mean, shit. Like I'll I'll take my cheap beer and enjoy it while I'm at it. Yeah. So um so Max, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, mm-hmm. we talk about love and fear through the creative and the um, intellectual and uh, in the passionate minds. And yeah. um, I and um, I like to, I've been having more of my friends on the show lately and um, that's, and obviously like, you know, we, um, I've always like uh, really enjoyed great conversation with you and I'm, you have, your life has taken off like in a lot of ways in the last like year or, t- or t- two years now. Because um, you got married. Yeah. Uh, I was there, uh, June 3rd, 2017. Nice. Um, yeah. I, see, I get in trouble if I don't remember that, but... Uh. Shout, hey, Katie, <laughs> I got you. Yep. <laughs> um, Thanks again, by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, uh, that was a wonderful time. Um, and then you also uh, had a kid uh, about almost a year ago. Yeah. Um, shout out Noelle. One day she'll watch this. And, uh, yeah, in a couple weeks, that will be a year. Like, I guess, um, how, like, uh, how is all that hitting you at once right now? Um, man, it's, it's wild. Uh, we didn't, uh, we didn't 
expect to have a kid so soon necessarily sure. but um man i wouldn't have it any other way she's just a gem it's i mean she's so sweet she's starting to uh crawl now she actually has this thing where she like only moves one of her legs she can move both of her legs sure she does it all the time but she found out it's faster to not move one of them so she kind of looks like a zombie mm -hmm. so whenever i come home from work it's like i've got this little zombie baby that's like crawling up to me oh and smiling excited <laughs> to see me and it's like that's that's like really wild yeah I, yeah I feel like it's a little bit hard to talk about without using all the cliches mm -hmm. because, you know, there's there's so many things that people tell you when they find out you're going to be a dad, like, oh, you know, it's going to change your life. Like, oh, okay, I know, yeah. you know, or yeah. like, oh, you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to love that person in such a way that you would die for them. And it's like, well, I like to think, and this sounds over, maybe overly dramatic or, or whatever, but I like to think that I would die for a lot of the people that I love, you know, mm -hmm. my, my friends. I like to think that I'd be able to die for you. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Hey, appreciate that. Love you, brother. Thank you. Love you too. I <laughs> but love you know, you too. it's like, so I, before, like I, someone said that to me, it's like, well, I kind of already feel that way. But, but then, you know, it's like, then you are actually like holding you know, your own flesh and blood, and it's kind of like, oh, I get it. It's like, it's not even like a, huh, I think I could try to do that. It's like just this primal, instinctual thing, like, mm -hmm. you, you know, you throw yourself in front of a moving train. Like I said, all the cliches. And right. I'm, but, the, but the thing with cliches is there's a reason why they're cliches. Yeah. And I, like, and actually, like, um, that, like, that kind of, so, like, I, for a while, was questioning whether or not I wanted kids. Yeah. Um, I it, I guess it never really occurred to me growing up that I would want them. For a while, I was like pretty against having kids because I'm like, man, I can't fucking take care of myself barely. <laughs> like, I'm a nervous wreck, and I'm, you know, uh, I just have a hard time worrying about myself as it is. But honestly, as I like grew up and like, especially in the last year, um, and I attribute this to not only my friends having kids and starting families case in point you but also a lot of movies i watch honestly like it's strange as strange as that sounds as strange as that sounds like i like just i feel like such a, like a, a an emotional like feeling like a, a connection almost with when like i see like a baby being born like in the context of a movie and yeah. it like becomes such an essential like plot device like that you know this like kind of changes things and and i just kind of like the way it's often depicted sort of in a weird way makes me crave having that feeling and huh. makes me want to have that feeling you described earlier that like you know you're holding your own flesh and blood and like literally it's a feeling you you cannot fathom until it until you have until you, yeah. like, you're actually experiencing it yeah, no, definitely. I mean, actually, movies in general are something that, like, that parenthood has, has changed for me. Like, um, all the Pixar movies, you know? Oh, yeah. Of course, they're always a little bit emotionally manipulative. Right. But, like, try watching one of those after you have a kid. Uh, like, yeah, sure. Uh, Coco. I don't know if I could make it through Coco now. Coco? Did you see that one? I did. I actually didn't like it as much as I wanted to. I did like, I did like Coco. Yeah. But people were saying it was like their favorite Pixar movie like ever, but I, maybe I just have to watch it again. I don't know. But, um, did you watch that prior to being a dad or after it? I, yeah, it changed after 
I think, okay, so I think I watched it prior to being a dad, and I liked it, and it was good, but I'm like, okay, it's kind of like your Pixar movie, and then, right. like, I, I watched it after becoming a dad, and I'm, like, like holding back tears. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, I still remembered him, even though it was just, yeah, right. just complete mess. Um, but, yeah, even even Finding Nemo and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I haven't watched that one since. Dude, but I, like, the part at the beginning of Finding Nemo, when... All those kids fucking got eaten with their mom. That is like, like as a kid, you're like, I mean, as a kid, I was fucking terrified of the fucking like the, the barracuda that yeah. fucking did it. But, but as now, it's like watching that. It's like holy shit, that's horrible. That is so fucking like it's terrifying to like be Marlin and have all your kids fucking eaten in the blink of an eye, except for this one, and you know. I, yeah, like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of interesting how that transcends with how you connect to a movie emotionally as a kid versus how you do as an adult, yeah. but when you're an adult, those family-related themes, those themes of, like, the relationship between, like, a father and a son, it, it as they say, it hits differently. Yeah. Fear and love motivating Marlon. I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but actually, you know what's... Speaking of movies in general, um, when Katie was pregnant, she really wanted to watch Alien. Really? I'm like, do you know what happens in that movie? I feel like that's like the... Are you sure One that's... of the last movies I'd want, like, the imagery of... Yeah. ...while, like, someone's pregnant. Like, do you know what happens in this movie? <laughs> yeah. You want to see that? Did she, did she watch it? Yeah, she didn't have any problem with it. Oh, well... She's a different creature. Some people... <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Well, yeah, right. Well, Pixar movies. I also realized Toy Story Four is out now. It is. And I realized that I have to like if I want to see that, I have to. My my kid isn't old enough to bring to the theaters to see it. So if I want to see it right now, I have to like get a. Get a babysitter to see yeah. a kid's movie. It's kind of yeah. weird. That is, yeah. I can't do it. Right. <gasps> um. See yeah, me. Yeah. Um. This is, this is my but that's but that like. But bringing it back to, like, the idea is that, like, I don't know, I just, I want to have that feeling of, like, holding my kid and willing to, like, do anything for this kid. Because, yeah. like, once they're in the world, th like, you know, they're, like, you know, their their life has started and, like, their, their perceptions of reality are, are slowly but surely forming and, and... I, I don't know, I'm like, I'm, I'm just a very, um, I'm somebody that's very, uh, like, um, I, I feel, I constantly feel like a lot of the energy from other people around me, like, you know, very heavily and like, you know, that I want to bring that kid joy because I know how much joy it's going to bring me, yeah. but I'm also, I know there's going to be plenty of fucking headaches. I don't want to, I'm not looking forward to diapers and shit like that, but I, you know, I, I think that you don't, like, I imagine you don't think about that stuff as much because of the overarching fact that, like, you know, this is your kid and, like, you will literally, like, you know, do anything to make them happy and make them feel, like, part of this world. Yeah. No, definitely. It's, it's, um, <clears throat> it, it, the whole diapers thing, I was really a lot more scared of 
prior to having the baby, and then it's like here, and it's like, well, it's not so bad so far. Sure. Because you mostly eat oatmeal. It might change. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it's worth it, you know? Sure, yeah. And it's like, for whatever reason, that stuff is less gross when it's your kid. Kind of like how someone, if you're on the bus and someone, like, sneezes all over your arm, it's like a different feeling than if you oh, sneeze yeah. and, like, get right. in your arm, you know what I yeah. mean? I don't know. Yeah, no, I was actually, it's funny you say that, because, <laughs> it's funny you say that, because, like, a couple, like, I'm not going to say who it was, but, um, like, last weekend, I was interviewing a band for Breaking and Entering, and, like, we, like, someone made a joke, and we started laughing, and some dude, like, literally spit all over my face as he, he burst out laughing, and he just spit, like, like, and I could feel it, too, I could feel, like, the rush of air, and, like, oh, yeah, and, uh, like, and I'm like, wow, I, like, I'm just gonna ignore the fact that that happened, but, but yeah, it's like, I don't think we take into account how disgusting and gross, like, a lot of, um, you know, saliva? A, a, yeah, well, just a, a lot of the, um, you know, our, our spatial and, um, I guess interpersonal, uh, like, interactions are with people and places that like, you know, there's fucking disgusting things everywhere that we just kind of be desensitized to. Disgusting things everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... This podcast, again, brought to you by Hams, which is not disgusting. Yeah, um, exactly. Hams is, um, Hams is very, very delightful land of the sky blue water. Um, it's... Yeah. Man, this is my, uh, this is, um, the new it's Mr. Nice Guy juice. Brewed in true family tradition. Wow, I Tradition wanna... is simultaneously over and underrated. Yeah, how so? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It's like... It, it's kind of like what you said with cliches. You know, some of it's there for a reason. Yeah. And then some of it's, like, just outmoded and archaic. Um, I don't know. But I feel like it's so vast as a concept, people, like, try to um, dismiss the idea of it out of hand. You know what I mean? Sure. Like... Like, it's, I, I feel like it's nowadays seen as, like, a conservative sort of thing to value tradition. Sure, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of in the word, conservative. Right, but, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like... I mean, I feel like there's a lot of nostalgia that mm -hmm. comes with tradition, and that's where it isn't always, it's not, it's not always a, a, a bad thing, you know? Like, yeah. when it, it brings back, like, a familiar feeling of, like, comfort, or, you know, it brings you back to, like, you know... So something that bring that makes you happy, um, and in that sense, like tradition is like, it can be a positive thing. For sure. Um, and yes, like necessary, like some traditions are meant to die out, and then new ones are formed. You know, I think that, yeah, traditions are, yeah, it's it's, I, I definitely agree it can be a good and bad thing. Um, so how did? I guess we'll take it, like, one thing at a time, but, like, sure. how did... So, like, I mean, obviously, like, you know, you have always been, like, um, you know, you're a very career-minded person, and, like, you know, you, um, you, your, like, your, your faith means a lot to you and everything like that. So, like, I guess, like, how did, um, once you became married, like, yeah. how did, I guess, that, like, sort of reshape your perceptions of, like, why you do what you do and, like, what you work for? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, wow, so how did marriage itself reshape that? Well, I mean, sort of the obvious answer is you are now, you know, instead of being two people who are kind of oriented on your own things, you are now 
for better and worse, linked together, and your goals have to align. You have to find a way that you're going to move forward as a couple because you're you're, um, you know, proverbially one person. You know, um, so that's um, I guess that's the challenge. It's also awesome because you have someone to share all your goals with, your aspirations. Yep. Um, you can divide the the work. You know. Um, Simply put, um, you know, uh, Katie and I both have kind of big aspirations, but one of the things that we didn't want to sacrifice was, you know, family and especially our focus on our faith. That's really important too. Yeah. You know, um, it's good to be career oriented and goal oriented and everything, but it's like at the end of the day, if you're not uh, reaching out, helping other people and everything, what is it for? It's, there's no yeah. eternal consequence there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, um, so then I guess how did that, how did the factor of having a child like even change even more of that? Oh yeah, well, because then, I mean, it's kind of like all bets are off in terms of your own, your own aspirations on that level. I mean, you, you still, you still might have those, but again, it's like, what is it for? You know, it's, it's for other people and reaching out, but it's also, you know, you have to think a little bit um, in terms of your own clan, because you look, you know, you need to provide your kid first and foremost, you know, yeah. uh, provide for them. So, right. um, that's kind of wild. Uh, you think about how your actions not only affect other people, but, um, well, I mean, I guess your, your kid counts as another person, but you know, it's, you're, in most interactions, you know, if you're misbehaving or treating other people like garbage and everything, that's going to come back to haunt you and that's certainly not going to be good for them. Right. But when you have a kid, it's like you're shaping their life. You're responsible for their kind of starting place in some ways. How you know? they're conditioned. Yeah. Because, and I'd say it is a little bit of a challenge because you have certain values that you want to instill in them. Um, and yet you want them to still be a free thinker, you know, you mm -hmm. don't, I don't, I, I want my kids to know certain things, but I don't want them to, um, blindly believe certain things because I told them, you know what yeah. I mean? But that's why it's important to like be an example too mm -hmm. in, in your life. And yeah. that is, um, I, I guess that's even, that's even more of a, um, an extreme goal, I guess, because, you know, when you're married, it's still really important. You have to put your partner in front of yourself, of course, but they're also an adult. They can understand things more. Yeah. If you're not there for your kid, if you're not teaching your kid the right things, um, or if you're, you know, too heavy handed on your kid and trying to jam in whatever your worldview is without regard to how they're going to feel about anything else. It's a know, lasting impact. It's a huge lasting impact. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a heavy responsibility. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My parents raised my sister and myself to, you know, to question things, to ask questions if we're curious, yeah. and to, um, you know, not blindly, like, um, hold, like, our allegiance to something just because, like, you know, we accept it at face value. Like, that's, and that, that never really has been, um, you know, how I've thought in general. Like, even in in situations, like, with like you know whether it's a workplace or school or where i have a situation where i have superiors for example like i'm like i'm a very like i i think that 
like one of the most important like uh, virtues in life is empathy. Yeah. And when somebody who is supposed to be your superior is treating you as an object rather than as a person, uh, a unique human being capable of emotions and, and capable of feeling things, then I am always inclined to question their authority because yeah. like, I don't believe that anyone should be blinded by their authority and treat other people like, you know, they are, they merely have functional value. And, and that's kind of like, you know, if I feel like I'm being disrespected by somebody or, you know, or uh, a place I'm working at or something, I'm going to, I'm going to speak up about it. I'm going to voice that. For but sure. at the same, in, this, in a similar vein, but not in it, but in a different, um, context, like religion, for example, like my parents are like atheists and mm -hmm. like I, my, my sister and I weren't raised with much religious education or background at all. Yeah. Um, I went to like a Jewish day camp growing up and like a Jewish preschool, but that was really it. But then, um, once I came to college, like it made me that more inclined to like really like explore it more Yeah. and embrace the Jewish identity because it's like, I wasn't taught from like the get go that I have to live my life this specific way and, you know, eat kosher and, you know, fucking keep Shabbos on <laughs> Friday, Saturdays, like I, don't roll on Shabbos. Yeah, yeah. Don't not rolling on Shabbos. Mm -hmm. Like I literally like one time when I was in, <laughs> one time when I was in Israel. Yeah. I I had a roommate who was an Orthodox Jew. Yeah. Who like it was a Saturday. He literally like couldn't use the scanner to uh, to um, like like uh, beep in for your hotel room. He yeah. literally couldn't use that because he like didn't use electricity on Saturday. So like I I'm like well. <laughs> I don't follow that shit, so I'll, I'll just be pushing, <laughs> you know, like, but, but that's what I guess, like, I guess, and I feel like, um, in that sense, like, I appreciate, you know, parenting and just, I guess, like, a light, a, a lifestyle mindset, whatever you want to call it, you know, encourage people to ask questions, mm -hmm. um, encourage people to, you know, embrace like how they're feeling about something because like at the end of the day like you know you are um you feel wholesome when you know you speak your truth instead of bottling it up and you know following you know following something just because like it's it's expected of you and that's kind of why i like appreciate a lot of creatives like doing what they do because yeah. like they're trying to find that alternative route to success and that's an amazing thing yeah, that's, um, there's a lot there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I touched on a lot of different things, but... No, um, but I guess, um, I, I think one thing that you really nailed is, is asking questions so crucial. You know, you have the kids, and I certainly was one of those kids, you know, you, you get an answer to something, your next question is why, you know? Yeah, yeah, why, yeah. why, 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 yeah. Um, and it's easy to, um, whether it's a kid or an adult asking that, it's easy to lose patience at some point, yeah. but that's really important. And teaching your kid to ask questions why, I mean, at the end of the day, right, you're bringing up a kid, you're bringing them up within a certain worldview, a certain framework. Um, you, you have to, there's no, there's no other way to do it. Even if you think you aren't, you, you are, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's some sort of, um, I guess, uh, there, there's some sort of framework that you're kind of, you're kind of, um, 
you're you're introducing your kid into the first yeah. lens they see the world through is going to be the lens you give them because you're telling them what's true. Yeah. But if you you know if you te- if you don't teach them to ask why, then they won't be open minded. Yeah, you know, teach right. them to ask why, encourage questions, answer the questions because you at the end of the day you have to be able to defend what you believe too, yeah. right? Um, you can't just have this worldview and, and teach that to this other human being and, ha- and expect them to accept it. Un- unquestioningly because one of two things is going to happen they're not going to be an independent thinker or they're going to completely reject everything yeah, because right. you didn't justify to them why something's true and of course if they've been brought up and there's a hole in what you think or something like you know what I mean like, yeah they're, they're gonna they're gonna stray from that yeah right? like so, and for a while those questions are going to be why is the sun round why is the grass green yeah. but but then one day those that question will be what's the airspeed velocity of unladen swallow <laughs> african or european i don't know that <laughs> <laughs> um but like but like the idea is that yeah like they're eventually like those are going to be questions that you can actually like engage in like you know a conversation with your kid based on what you had taught them up to that point yeah um so I guess like um and so you obviously like you know um you know you with with your kid who's almost a year old now like yeah um what is your kid teaching you <laughs> about yourself and about the world that is a great question um I mean again this sounds so cliche but uh just when when she gets up in the morning and she she typically Okay, she does one of two things. One is if the baby monitor is within reach, she'll actually grab the baby monitor and hold it up to her face and start talking into it, like essentially Skyping. <laughs> so sometimes I've woken up to look to look over at the baby monitor and I just see her face going ba 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 into the baby monitor, which is awesome. I love those. It's awesome. That's a great That's way to wake favorite. up. Or sometimes she just wakes up and you know she's whining a little bit because she's hungry. She wants to eat right away. Yeah, uh, sure. after me, um, but. Most often, um, as soon as you go in there, you pick her up out of her bed and everything, she's smiling, she's happy. And I know not everyone's kid is like that, but um, it's just uh, the child, childlike simplicity of the way they view the world and everything, the yeah. little joy that she has. When you come home right. and she just has this like big smile on her face just from seeing you. And it's like, I, it, there's no reason you should be so happy to see me today. Yeah. You know, It's just... Uh, it, it kind of, um, I don't know, it, it it just really is a source of joy, you know? Mm-hmm. I yeah. Mean, it sounds probably lame, but... That's, no, that's, no, that's, that's 100% <laughs> valid, though. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like, like I, I'll reiterate, like, I can't wait to have that feeling of, like, if it was someone else, like, if it was someone, like, my age, for example, that's, yeah. like, waking me up and bothering me and shit, I'm gonna be really fucking annoyed. <laughs> but when it's my kid, I'm gonna be, like... Oh shit, like, this is like my pride and joy, I should yeah. go take care of it. Yeah, if Katie wakes me up, I'm in a bad mood all morning, but if she <laughs> picks up the baby and throws the baby <laughs> into into my bed and she's like, you know, crawling on me and everything and like, you know, tapping on my face and everything, yeah. it's like, you can't not smile. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, in that way, it's like, you know, you, you, you learn to, um, like, sacrifice some of your own, like, um, self-imposed, like, boundaries or, or like personal space if you yeah. will for the sake of you know your family and and that is something that um you know i 
I that's that's the reason why I want to have a family. Yeah. I I mean, I struggle with um, knowing what I want in a partner these days, but eventually I will I will find that. Hey, you're a catch, man. <laughs> oh my God! Thank you, Max. <laughs> Thank you, Max. I appreciate that. So, but no, you're right. It's like it, the the other really important part of that is um, kind of what we've been talking about. It's like what do you teach your kids, and and when you're te you, when you're contemplating what you're going to teach your kids, it causes you to reflect on why do I believe what I believe, you know, um, on how do I explain this to my kid? Do I, I mean, there's parts of my worldview that I don't hold as absolute truth and there's parts of my worldview that I do hold yeah, as absolute truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, but there are other people that will reject what I say as absolute truth. Sure. But that, like, I, I guess, well, this gets like super philosophical, sure. right? Because yeah. there, I, I certainly believe there is a such thing as absolute truth, but I don't necessarily believe that everyone has a, a grasp on what that is. So then yeah. there are the people that take kind of the postmodern view that like, um, excuse me, I guess everyone's individual truths are absolute truth. You know what I mean? And it's like, I, I don't, I don't believe that every, like, cause then you have contradictory truth, and I don't think truth can be contradictory, but I, I do think that people um, hold things to be absolutely true that are maybe not true in an absolute sense, but still um, are directionally true or need to be acknowledged in some sort of way. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, of course. It's, it's no, a struggle of like, how do, you, how do you actually impart this on your kid? Yeah. And it's really, um, this maybe is a little bit of a tangent, but. Uh, I've actually, ever since we got together for dinner several months ago and just, you know, we're catching up and everything, right when this podcast was starting and you were talking about the, you know, the, I guess, love-fear paradigm and everything, and I was thinking about how love and hate seem to be opposites more um, in my mind, but yeah. really when you're talking about the two primary motivations for a human being, it really is love and fear. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like love and hate is more of like the um, like uh, the emotional yeah. uh, complex, and yeah. the love and fear is yeah the more the driving force like the 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 motivation behind our our actions and our our thoughts and feelings and everything like that. Yeah, I've just been like ever since we talked about that though, I've just been mulling it over, you know, love and fear and. and, and well, stuff. a lot of this a lot of this does relate to that because like you're right like. I think about that consciously a lot, like absolute truths. Like, mm -hmm. are we things that all human beings like hold true to and like, you know, value and like, you know, it's, I mean, it begs all kinds of, uh, all kinds of um, philosophical questions about things like free will and things yeah. about like how different cultures and different societies will emphasize different values in life or different ways of life. Yeah. And, and that way it's like, and that way it's like, I feel like it can be like that individual or individually collective truths that, you know, exist within a society, for example. Mm -hmm. But, but when it comes to like what we're all chasing after, that's what I ponder what those absolute truths are. Is it like, you know, feeling like we're one with our surroundings, feeling like we, you know, like we have some kind of driven purpose that, that, you know, we wake up every day and constantly think about wanting to accomplish, you know, based on this, like, based on 
some kind of overarching principle. Yeah. I think that in that way, like, those are some absolute truths everyone has. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we live, breathe, eat, sleep. Like, we do all that because, like, it's, I mean, those are sort of, like, the functional survival instincts of us as human beings. And, like, um, and it sounds silly to be like, oh, yeah, well, like, you know, those are just things we do. But it's like, well... You know, that's those are I guess absolute truths in a sense. Yeah. But we also I feel like we also have to feel connected with our surroundings too. Um, and so by surroundings you mean other people, right? Other people, yeah, yeah. Yeah, other people or or um, you know, some people some people are capable of living very very solitary lives. I guess in in that sense, they feel more of a connection with their surroundings in the concept in the context of objects. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that our environment and our I guess like our um, where we find relation to our environment and and those surroundings is also sort of an absolute truth too and. In the same way, it's like where I guess an example is like when you when you walk into a, a party or a social gathering or a concert, or what have you, and you come in by yourself and you don't know anybody. Sure. You feel very uncomfortable because that you feel lost. You feel hopelessly like aimless about like what do I do? I don't know anybody. I don't know who to talk to. But once you find that that um that connection with somebody you, you you find someone you're standing by and you talk to them and you're like oh yeah hey like what like you know uh you will listen to this band too or how do you know so and so yeah you instantly feel that sense of comfortability and and, and sometimes it comes naturally you know sometimes it, it like just happens naturally for but, sure but you know i feel like you need to feel that connection with what is like you know consciously around you in order to feel like secure with yourself in order to feel like you have like a purpose in in life yeah um and i know that sounds like very and that sounds very like grandiose for like a specific example but it's like you think about every single place for example this show that we're doing right now Mm -hmm. we're doing it with a specific Ta- like we have a specific like task in mind. We have like a reason why we've come together on this, and we have like a like, and the the fact that we're friends and we we are talking and doing the show on this format, um, is what brings us that comfortability with like our surroundings and with like what we're consciously doing right now. Because yeah. it's like that's that's what brought us together. That's what you know is. Like, you know, that's us feeling like we have some kind of, um, um, that we, we find ourselves relative to the rest of the world because, you know, we like, you know, the studio, this space, this table, this beer, that camera, these are all objects that are currently, you know, serving their purpose for this interaction and to allow us to feel like, you know, we're in the present moment and we're actually doing something like that makes us connected with our surroundings. So in that way, I feel like all human beings need that. I mean, really all, all creatures do like, yeah, that sense of social, like, yeah, doesn't always have to be social. It can be purely, like I said, object related too. like just feeling, 
you know, content with, you know, the, the, um, the, the objects and the artifacts that have some kind of uh, functional or aesthetic purpose? Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought, I, I just thought the, the fact that you brought, uh, you know, that you brought this up as the the core focus of your podcast, love and fear, was so profound, and I've I've just been mulling it over. <laughs> yeah, and it actually, yeah. Um, well, as you mentioned, I'm I'm a man of faith and everything. Um, yeah. But we were in church and looking at the book of First John and everything, and there's a there's a verse in the um, that says something to the effect of perfect love casts out fear. Mm -hmm. And really that whole section of verses was dealing with the relationship between love and fear. And I've been thinking for a long time about what that means, you know. Um, and I think it really is tackling that, you know, um, fear and love are, are the primary motivators of people. But how do we communicate to other people? How do we get our ideas across? Um, I feel like if, if we're in pursuit of absolute truth and... Um, alignment on some level how are we going to you know um, how are we going to bring other people into the fold <laughs> as yeah, it were? Yeah. you know what I mean and um, I think this word is so um, like almost weaponized ironically enough these days but empathy you said it mm -hmm. earlier and you said it in a I mean it's part of the reason why we get along so well. Right, I'm sure right, we've got right. very yeah. different opinions on... I know for a fact we've got very different opinions on a number of things, but at the end of the day, you're an empathetic person who yeah. can, you know, um, under, you have a curiosity for where people are coming from. You're willing to take the time to understand where they're coming from and everything. I think that's really important. Of course. I think, I think whether or not a person's individual experience reflects absolute truth or their relative truth, I think it's important to acknowledge what makes them feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Especially if you, <laughs> if you do have, um, you know, a perspective that you believe aligns with absolute truth, you're never going to get someone to, to understand what you're saying if you don't if you don't align yourself with them at some point you know what I yeah, mean yeah yeah uh, so I don't know maybe maybe that's a little bit random no no not at all sense. I mean I, in that sense I feel like emotions are somewhat of universal truths like because you know we all have emotions that we all experience you know when when we feel like you know our our um, our sense of control or our values are put in jeopardy or are threatened, we, um, you know, we feel we act out of fear because we fear like what's going to happen to that or we feel that we're going to lose more control. Yeah. Um, and um, I think that, yeah, like in that sense, that's where empathy is really important because, you know, you may have a completely different walk of life from somebody, but you know, you don't know their life experience. You right. don't know, like, what led them to the belief set that they hold or, you know, why they, you know, have... Everyone has biases. Like, yeah. you know, everyone has biases. And, like, um, you, you won't have that sort of, like, emotional um, route to meet them, like, you know, at a halfway point or at just, you know, some kind of, um, some kind of, like fixation you won't you won't be able to make that like emotional fixation with that person yeah if you know you don't give them that you know that 
that uh, ability to you know communicate you know where they feel threatened or where they feel like where their biases came into play and and it's hard it's it can be really fucking hard sometimes and i mean it's hard for me like but i think that like something that you know one of like one of the primary you know universal things all of us feel are feelings you know we we have emotions and and I don't want my feelings or emotions jeopardized, and I know that you don't want yours or anyone else who's watching this. I know they don't want their their values and their emotions jeopardized either. And you know, and we have a lot of people that, and I mean, we're all guilty of this too. But a lot of us act out of emotion versus reason. Um, so, I mean, actually. Technically speaking, I think we all kind of do. Um, I, I, I've read studies where essentially the brain decides what it's going to do, and then you almost retroactively uh, uh, fabricate a reason why you did that sort of yeah, thing to yeah, make yeah. it logical. But I think at our core, we're all all pretty emotional creatures. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. As much as a lot of us try our best to you know, maintain objectivity and be logical and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, right. Sorry. Not we're all we're all emotional wrecks, really. Yeah, yeah. Right. Some of us more outwardly than others. But. <laughs> so, but it's, I mean, no one feels a certain way for no reason, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's when I brought, brought that up about, you know, perfect love casting out fear, it's like, um, that's kind of something that I feel like is, is missing culturally and um, certainly politically. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's why... Uh, you know, we were watching the Democratic debate last night, and there was um, an, an author. I forgot. Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson. That's, okay, great. That's the name I had in my mind, but I didn't want to say it. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, I watched it, too. Did you? Yeah. yeah. She said she actually brought that up, and I'm sure it pricked up your ears mm -hmm. because it's it's that same, uh, you know, that the same relationship with those two uh, forces, I guess, if you will. But, like, um, I... I I won't necessarily uh, question her sincerity or the way she applied that, but um, I, I will say that that's something that's majorly missing from political rhetoric. Um, I, it's really caused me to be disillusioned with politics in general lately. It's mm -hmm. just because of that um, whole. Like, like I said, I feel like I feel like some people just weaponize the idea of empathy really? in, in a sense that they say, "Well, if you." If you don't agree with me, you don't have empathy, you know, which I think is wrong. Uh, yeah. And there are other people that say, like, well, what I believe is absolute truth, and, um, you know, I, I'm going to destroy you with facts and logic. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't, if you don't see things the way it is, um, then you know you're wrong, and I don't care about your feelings. And it's like well, I, I don't think either of those are the right way forward. Um, I feel like, and that, and that's where right and wrong can be like mixed up where like, you know, I don't know if like, I feel like right and wrong, we try to base off of our morals and ethics yeah. and which makes sense. But what might be, you know, I feel like when it comes to philosophy, it's dicier to, to, um, to kind of point fingers over like what's right and wrong because like, you know, like, for example, when we were arguing, like, capitalism versus socialism, or, um, you know, like, should this program be 
this program is going to work better. Oh no, this one's going to work better. And like, you're wrong and you're a bigot because you know, you don't agree with me. And like, you know, I like, I think that this is where, this is like a core thing that like, I always try to follow. It's like a lot of us want the same thing, yeah. you know, like, but philosophies, it's like, it's like you pick your candidate on the stage. Yeah. Who you like most. And not everyone's going to agree with you on that, but but like you, but I think that we should be more concerned with, you know, who doesn't want or doesn't care about having, you know, all of us having like that same thing where we can all live with like liberty and prosperity because like, you know, we like, because at that point, like that can be someone who's devoid of empathy and that's, and that's always a dangerous, that's dangerous territory. So yeah. I think that at the end of the day, like, we should ask ourselves, like, you know, what, you know, sure, like, you know, we might feel really strongly or passionately about this cause because it's true to us, it's part of our experience, but, you know, someone else might not understand that um, at all. Someone yeah. someone might have, you know, other, a completely different set of values and think the same thing about you. Um, so... I don't know, that's, that's, I think that, that, that we need to ask ourselves things like, you know, what, you know, we should ask ourselves things about, like, what is our absolute truth? What, what are we all, like, trying to fight towards? And I feel like if someone yeah, like, is... Sorry, not to interrupt. You, go ahead. Yeah. What, when you deconstruct your world, you know, your worldview, are you, uh, are, are you, what parts do you consider to be absolute truth versus, like, well... I might be wrong on this too. That's kind of interesting too. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if a lot of people do that. Um, parse out, and I'm not even. I don't think I've done it perfectly well. Myself, Neither have I. But and consequently, I think sometimes I I, I seem a little bit. Uh, depending on the the context of the conversation, I can sound like I have my mind made up too much, or I don't have my mind made up at yeah, all. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it depends on what we're talking about. Of course. It also depends a lot on who you're around too, because they yeah. influence like they influence your immediate reactions too, and things like that. Like, That's true. I catch myself with that a lot. Um, so like, yeah, I guess like I feel like a, like you know we all should think about like you know the fact that like a lot of us do want the same thing. A lot of us, and by the same thing, I mean we all do kind of share those absolute truths over like things like. You know, we should all have opportunity, liberty, freedom, you know, access to, you know, sustainable resources that allow us to, you know, have, um, to live our lives to the fullest. I feel like oh, yeah. we can all agree on that, but, you know, there's, you know, the, the world is in a perfect place. And it's like, no. whether you think that Obamacare or Bernie Sanders is you know, healthcare plan or a completely different healthcare plan is going to make it so all Americans in our country have healthcare. Well, you know, none of those plans are perfect. Right. You know, nothing, nothing is perfect. Um, and we have to consider that none of it is perfect and a lot of things can go wrong. Yeah, no, none of it's perfect. And it comes back to, um, I don't know, I, I think people need to keep that in mind. We're, we're talking about uh, man-diagnosed problems and, and man-made solutions to man-diagnosed problems, and we can be wrong and often are wrong on so many different points of that. 
Um, I, I think the, the lack of... I, I just feel like the rhetoric is the thing that's like most yeah. corrosive to um, really our, our culture because yeah. it's hard these days for people to get along um, on opposite sides of the aisle. It's really hard to even be a moderate or or anywhere in the middle without right, being yeah. like you know blambasted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's just. It's just the the rhetoric has gotten so um, unempathetic, and I th I do think that's on both sides. Um, but um, you, you, I mean, to your point, I think everyone does mostly want the same things. I mean, I feel like the people that don't want the same things uh, make themselves known over time. Oh yeah, or, yeah. You know, like I, I think about um, all the people on YouTube that um, are what you <laughs> what are now known very widely as social justice warriors and then the anti-social justice warriors and they're kind of going at it and it's like well the fringes of both aisle like right sides of the aisle yeah right and it's like people i mean first of all i think we could all uh stand to have a common definition of the 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 core words we're using to argue certain points oh, yeah because yeah. I feel like if you don't I mean I, I don't I don't think anyone actually sits down and finds in like almost an academic sense wh what is this thing that we're arguing about even yeah. what is the scope of exactly our conversation right you know what are we trying to tackle because there's uh, so many outside things insults uh, slurs uh, you know smears and everything right. that are just kind of like dumped into it and it's like which are invented to to other somebody or right. to make somebody feel inferior to you know your your own worldview or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. But if you look at the what we all actually want, those those commonalities that you were talking about, you know, I I would hope that we all actually do want, um, you know, social justice in in the traditional sense, in the term, you know, like racial equality and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, equal opportunity. I think we LGBT all want that. LGBT right? rights. Yeah, and I mean, the ability for everyone to marry who they want to marry. Or, or like, yeah, and, and, and um, you know, general social freedom, you know, I think most of us, uh, conservative and liberal, want that. Um, the people that are like, you know, if you do have someone who's legitimately arguing against like, like, you know, racial justice, for example, like that's someone you have to be work, you know, wary about. Like if, yeah, if they, don't, right, if they right. don't have the same goals, but we should stop demonizing the people that like have different perspectives on what the best outcome is to that. Even if you believe. And you will find that in your own circles yeah. too. Oh yeah. Like, like you'll have people that. E I'm, like even like I'm sure like the most left or the most right circles have fucking disagreements over yeah. like I think this is right or no I think this is right you know or I think you know or fuck you or fuck you too you know it's like at the end of the day it's like there's you know and and like I'm a I'm a very staunchly I'm like I'm a like staunchly like a believer of you know justice and you know i have yeah. so many fucking like social justice causes i'm very passionate about but i under i feel like empathy kind of comes in where it's like well a lot of us haven't been educated about certain things or we haven't been right. we haven't been properly exposed to things right. or you know and you and i can i'd say that i can attest to that where like i didn't know a lot of the causes that i think about until I talk to somebody about it, um, and yeah, and that's and you and that's the same way where it's like you, you know, you don't fucking know 
Like, you don't know how to spell something unless you see it on paper. Yeah, and it, it's, it's the, uh, honestly a pretty, when you take a step back, as you have, and examine the situation, it's pretty obvious calculus, right? You yeah. have, uh, yes, yes, uh, so you, you catch more <laughs> flats of honey than vinegar. Yeah. Uh, so you do have people that, you know, uh, maybe both sides are, are in pursuit of uh, in an egalitarian society, but you have, um, frankly, one side that's very censorious, and then you have the other side that to meet that is becoming more f inflammatory. And I don't mean that everyone universally on, on both sides of the aisle, and I'm not even, you know, categorizing it as a left-right sort of thing. But, um, well, case in point. So I noticed this on Facebook, and I didn't really know how to respond to this, but there was a student here. Um, I know you saw this because I saw you reacting to it on Facebook. There's a student here, or maybe it wasn't a student, but in the nursing section that was... Oh, yeah, a, a the swastika, swastika dude. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, I saw that, and I was like, so, so totally sickened to see that, you know, it's something you never want to see, um, legitimate, like displays of hatred. But then he had like the free speech sign next to it. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, I was contemplating that and I'm like, what, why does that have to be the, the, I, I almost why does that have to be the symbol of free speech? Yeah, you know what right, I mean? Like, right, and then you yeah. had people that were that were in the, um, you know, in the comments that were talking about, you know, <laughs> beating him up and taking his side and stuff. And it's like, well, um, when you when you have that ugly a display, it's that's tempting. My mind always goes there. I, you know, I I, I don't ever want to react violently to a situation. Um, the only time I would ever react in violence is for direct self defense or or defense physical defense of people who are. Under right. Yeah. Of, of course. course. Of course. But the the darker parts of you when you see someone being that outwardly hateful go you know goes to that I think uh, at least for me. Of course. Uh, yeah. And, and um, but it made me wonder again why is that the symbol of free speech? Right. You know what I mean, and it's why? a it was a very deliberate like um, someone testing testing what he could get away with on the principle of free speech. And that, but it's at the expense of, and it was an Israel event that was going on. Oh really, I didn't know that. It wasn't, that's what he was holding it up front for. No kidding, I thought it was kind of random. Oh no, no, no. there was an Israel event going sure, on sure. there. And um, he was doing it deliberately to like intimidate them and like, you know, clearly like, he was under the principle of free speech, but you know, it, he was doing this like, you know, 20 feet away from uh, you know, uh, an Israel Independence yeah. Day related event. And at that point, it's like, okay, it's blatantly obvious this guy's doing it deliberately. Well, and and this is, you know, people who, who have that sort of ideology or frankly, I think even for the shock value, doing it should be condemned. Um, but right. I wondered why is free speech such an issue that that kind of people feel the need to have that sort of yeah and perhaps I, I don't know what that guy's ideological bent was I don't know if he was like I'm I'm being you know purposely inflammatory to make a point so that you know hey we really need to talk about free speech which to which I'd say that's really bad uh, because there's a lot of legitimate points that are being censored right now that that are that are um, frankly not not um, not disgusting in that sort of way. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, I don't. I don't think anything should be censored. But um, 
I mean, but you can't, depending on the context. But you also like, can't censor people, you know, reacting to what he did. And, well, that's, and, that, and that's, yeah. and that's the thing is like, um, he's also, he's also putting himself on the line to be, you know, he is vulnerable to what people are going to say and think about him too, because and of, he should be, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I think if, particularly if those are actual views that he's espousing um, ideologically, I think he should lose, yeah. you know, he should lose his job, um, he should be shunned, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, Which he has been heavily, and it's like, mm-hmm. I want to, I honestly wonder, like, that kid, I wonder if it's like, he, dude, dude fucking, like, ruined his life because of that, and it's like, was it worth it? Yeah. Just, like, I, like, I mean, pro- this kid, like, apparently, like, from what people are saying in the comments, his kids, like, he would act up in class. He was, like, he would say super edgy things to, like, sure. offend people. And, like, clearly this kid is, like, I don't know if it comes from a point of insecurity or some kind of, like, you know, he has some kind of, like, small man complex where he has to assert himself in this way that, you know, makes himself feel seen. Yeah. But, you know, either way, it's, like, was it worth, like one triggering many people in the Jewish community or also just people passing by that, you know, that identify the swastika, which it is, as, you know, has been adopted by the Nazis as a symbol of hate. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what you're going to be identified as like for the rest of your life. And it's like, was that worth it? Yeah. And over the principle of free speech. And it's like fucking, it's just like, like, why did he have to take that measure? I want to, I want to know, like, why did, why did he have to take that measure? Like, well, and do we, I mean, and maybe you know more than me. Do you, do you know if he was, if that was a total, like, oh, I, I'm doing this to be edgy for the sake of. He did speech. have the word gas on the back of his sign, which I feel like, I, I think that that's, that kind of is a no brainer, but. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, there's just. Like I said, I don't think you have to be that disgusting to be to to be censored. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you can say some pretty innocuous things and end up being censored. Um, so I feel like there's this like, and um, <laughs> I know just the phrase "both sides" gets like yeah, yeah there's like yeah. a connotation yeah, yeah, to that right, now. Yeah. But like, um, I, I feel like. I feel like there's some, like, major point that's being missed in this whole debate. You know what I mean? Like, the the one, um, again, and I'm not intentionally throwing people in this camp, in in either of these camps, because I think most people are actually very much in the middle of this sort of thing, in a very reasonable Mm -hmm. place, but you have people who are being, like, so... um, Again, overtly uh, censorious, and then you've got people that are, you know, really ratcheting up how edgy they're being, um, and... I don't know. It's um, something I still don't really have a grasp on, and I, I fear that now I'm kind of uh, rambling rather than making. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Point. But uh, it, yeah, it's it's just something that's that's kind of uh, I guess suffice to say. Um, I don't think we're. I feel like we're we're both political parties right now, um, and a, a lot of just people in general are are not. I think we're spinning our wheels a little bit, you know, rhetorically. Mm-hmm. There's too much demonization, and everyone yeah. will say, oh, yeah, we're both, like, 
you know, you, you, you watch the debates and, and the Republicans and the Democrats, not that there's Republican debates going on right now, but, you know, the politicians and everything will say, you know, oh, there's there's division on both sides and we need to unite, but no one actually does that in practice. No, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone's really trying to find... So that's why I'm, I'm disillusioned with politics in yeah. general. But I think I, I mean, I am with the bipartisan system in general. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. For the sake of time. Um, Sorry. No. Uh, you gotta get some music. Yes. Right? So uh, this has been this record that's been sitting here this whole time. Um, thank you, Max, for uh, bringing me this. You're welcome. Um, I hope you don't have it. But even if you do, it'll be a good conversation. Piece. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like we needed something else. All right. Yes, of this course. Really, this Let's conversation was really dying out. What so. could it be? Calendar. I... Do you Ooh. have this one? If you have it, it's okay. I don't. Good. Holy shit. Awesome. Wow. This is a great record. Have Holy you heard shit. It? No, I haven't. Okay, you're going to love this. Do okay. you know Virtue by Voids is what yes. this is. Do you know the Voids? I don't. Okay, great. Great. Okay. I don't know anything about this. Holy shit. I was almost 100% certain you would. Okay, so this record is. Um, one of my favorites. It's actually, it, it came out last year, um, but they already oh, wow. have another single out. This is actually uh, Julian Casablanca's from The Strokes. This oh, is wow. his other band. And oh, I'm not cool. going to call it a, a side project because, frankly, he's been using this as his vehicle. And I think they're, at this point, at least as innovative and groundbreaking as The Strokes were. I mean, to be honest, The Strokes, when they first arrived on the scene, and what do I know? Because I was like, six or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know they were a big deal, and they were right. a big deal for a reason. There's the Garage Rock Revival. The Revival, sort of yeah. But I feel like this is like his most innovative sort of oh, thing. Oh, thing I love that album um, cover too. Look at the, the geometry very, figures. Yeah, shit. it's very reflective of the sound of the album. Yeah. It's like there's, it's very, um, well, they, they break free of using like the, um, the pentatonic scales for, you know, their melodies and everything. So it's kind of um, got some. I guess like Middle Eastern influences. Oh wow, Almost sure. In, okay. it, it's very interesting. Um, but it's a little bit just straight up rock. It's a little bit like electronic. It's just I, I don't know. I love this album. Um, I can't wait to listen to this. Holy shit! I really think you'd like this <laughs> of album. Of course, man. I mean, I, I I do love the Strokes and like Julian Casablancas is a you know spectacular musician. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see you know where he. Implements like you know a different uh, fusion-based sound in you know a side project because I mean I. All right, buddy, Max McCoy. Hey, um, man, uh, we had a great talk, didn't we? Always good to see you. We touched, yeah, we touched things, family, philosophy. Um, we even got a little bit about music at the end. Um, so, uh, yeah, what are you listening to right now, by the way? Oh man, I'm listening to so many different things. Uh, I, I was just talking about the new Silver Sun Pickups album, which is yeah, excellent. Right. Um, let's see. I, I almost feel compelled to pull out my playlist for the new stuff I've been listening yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. New, new Aurora album is really good. She's kind of okay. indie pop sort of thing. Is Avant Pop a thing? Yeah, yeah, it There's is. Too like, many, well, Avant Pop would genres. Avant Pop would be like FK Twigs and like um, Sophie. And all that really crazy, fun, like, you know, eccentric pop going coming out these days. Uh, Japanese House. Oh, yeah. We talk about that. Yeah, Japanese. We did Craig Finn's new album is excellent. Uh, Caged Elephants. Okay. That I haven't actually great. listened to it yet. That one's good. Uh, Peter Frampton did a album full of blues covers, which is uh, worth listening to. Interesting. Oh, okay. And then Sarface and Ghostface Killer. Oh, yeah. oh, fun stuff. Ghostface Killer. Hell yeah. Pronounce that. Sure. Ghostface Killer. That's great. Um, That's great. 
Awesome. I yeah, I've been listening to kind of an eccentric blend of um like indie pop and also just like black metal and doom metal. So like yeah. I've been listening to records by Over and Agalock and Wolves in the Throne Room and um um also um also strangely yeah, like Yellow Ostrich and Givers and Discovery yeah. and um What's another one? Uh, fucking, um, uh, like, Oberhofer and, and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I um, Oh, and Stars. Stars is a really oh, fucking yeah. good band. All right, Max. Well, uh, to close out, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Uh, last night, my wife turned off the air conditioner. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> and I didn't know she turned it off, so I'm like, why is it so hot? Yeah. Am I having a medical issue? Right, right. Dude, I, I've 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 been struggling. Just turned it off, so I like flipped it back on. Dude, my room gets so fucking hot too. I've been sleeping like in just my briefs and I've been tossing and turning and it's awful. I need a fan. It's the worst. I need a fan. Definitely. Um <laughs> and then uh what what puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Um a nice glass of Bullet or Eagle Rare? Classy ass liquors, Max. <laughs> Dude, I try. Thanks for being on the show. This is a great fucking talk. Um, it was great to see you. Good to as see you. As always. Man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. Um, remember to uh, think about your absolute truths and in relation to your individual truths because a lot of us are fighting for the same core values, but we just have different routes to different avenues of thinking and different life experiences that shape our values and our beliefs. So always keep that in mind, but, um, but also just talk to people and be open-minded because that will help you, um, seeing that in someone else. So, uh, on that note, we'll see you next time. Two, three, four. Mr. Nice Guy.